0: Karen and I want to start with a really big heartfelt first bite thank you we have been so encouraged by your kind word your messages your glowing reviews of first bite this has been a labor of love for the last year and a half and we we are grateful for y'all being on the first bite journey with us and supporting us because we I mean, we work full-time, and this is this is a full-time gig on top of it, and we do it with joy because we understand that the world of early intervention pediatrics needs evidence in it. So we sweet-talked the folks with SpeechTherapyPD.com, and as a thank-you giveaway, we have come up with a, a, a free podcast subscription. So once we hit 130 iTunes written reviews, we're going to pull another name out of the hat, probably with the assistance of an ever so handsome goose and a bear, and that person will get a free podcast subscription. So over 175 hours of continuing ed plus 19 new continuing hours each month. And there's a new episode every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every other Thursday, and the short course, nine series long, All Things Ethics with Elise. And that's our way of giving back. So thank you. So please keep the reviews coming. We only have a few more to go. But once we hit 130, then we will pull that name out of a hat. Happy 2020. Thank you for joining us on the journey. And seriously, y'all rock. Thank you. Hey, so by now I'm hoping that you've heard about the brand new PodCore subscription that Speech Therapy PD has rolled out. For $79 a month, you get over 175 hours of ASHA continuing education with 19 new episodes a month. That's fantastic. Well, they want to make sure that you also know we have a brand new coupon code. So the coupon code is F as in first, B as in bite, followed by the number 20, FB20. And that brand new coupon code will give you $20 off the PodCourse subscription. So you get 175 hours of continuing ed, plus an average of 19 new hours a month, all for $59 a year. And we cover everything from early intervention to schools, to adults, to ethics, so be sure to type in F as in first, B as in bite, and then the numbers twenty. Enjoy your coupon, or as my kin folks say, enjoy that coupon.
1: Hey there, listener. This is Dr. Dakota Sharp, audiologist, clinical assistant professor, and lifelong learner, inviting you to join me on an exciting new podcasting journey known as On the Ear. As you know, audiology is ever evolving, so it's critical as professionals that we learn and grow as well. Every other Thursday, On the Ear will be interviewing a variety of clinicians and researchers, spanning a wide range of hearing and communication topics. From pediatrics to geriatrics, cochlear implants to vestibular, speech to hearing, and everything in between, this podcast will provide exciting insights that you can use in your clinical practice. Each episode of On the Ear is available for .1 ASHA CEUs when you complete the accompanying pod course through speechtherapypd.com. joy and passion for continuing to grow and advance care for our little ones. Every fourth episode, I join in. I'm Erin Forward, MSP, CCC SLP, the Yankee Byway of Rochester, New York transplant, who actually inspired this journey. I bring a different perspective, that of a newish clinician with experience in early intervention, pediatric acute care, and nonprofit pediatric outpatient settings. So sit back, relax, and watch out for all our squirrels.
0: And enjoy this geeky gig brought to you by SpeechTherapyPD.com. All right, folks. Y'all, I am sort of freaking out a little because I feel like we have a celebrity on today. I would like to introduce the one and only Jacqueline Peterson, CEO for none other than Feeding Matters. Um, I feel like I should roll out a red carpet, but I don't have that. I got a um, cantankerous five-year-old who I think finally went down and a thunderstorm ruined outside. But what I can do is a round of applause. So huzzah. Okay. So once upon a time, I was a silo therapist, and I know that I've used that term before, but it's imperative that I explain it again to frame today's episode. So once in the not-too-distant past, I thought it was my job, and I wish you could see the air quotes that I'm using there, Um, I thought it was my job to diagnose and treat every little one I worked with and their associated oropharyngeal dysphagia and or pediatric feeding disorder. Trust me, there were a lot more patients that I struggled with than patients that I could help. So why? Because I was practicing in my SLP speechy girl world silo. Then along came some fabulous mentors and ladies from Virginia who, who taught me and filled my cup with everything there was to know about feeding matters, and it changed my world All of a sudden, I was able to seek out readily available evidence-based practice regarding interprofessional practice. And the wide world of pediatric feeding disorders, y'all, it just blew up. So I have been hooked ever since. I mean, how many times have I talked about them and asked y'all to volunteer or told you to go check out their resources or have I informed you about their conferences and their different featured speakers? So yeah, I'm a fan. I am a super fan. And y'all, the new CEO is here and I am like a deer in headlights. Um so Jacqueline, hi. Welcome. Hi. I'm like I'm like super fangirling like over here and blushing. Oh my god, I'm literally blushing. Um thank you for coming and thank you for leading Feeding Matters and thank you for opening doors for patients and practitioners like myself across the globe. And from the bottom of my heart, I am, I'm one, I'm crying cause I do that, but two, I am mm. really that grateful. So, um, also please tell Jennifer hi and that I love her. And thank you for putting up with me all these years. because
2: <laughs> Jen- with our volunteers.
0: <laughs> yes. Jennifer's in charge of volunteers and she's put up with all of our shenanigans. So, um, Thank you. Hi, that's like the biggest hi. long-winded intro, but hi, no,
2: such a wonderful introduction. And I just, I can, I feel like I can hug you through the through the phone. And I just <laughs> am, and so grateful to be here with you. I'm so excited to be here with you to talk about feeding matters. It's, you know, it's just great to reach out to our
0: community. Yes. Okay. All right. So like I found out about Feeding Matters because of Shav. I was up in Virginia lecturing and um, uh, two of the ladies uh, got me hooked on it, right? We We had cocktails one night. That's what you do after a speech association. And they were telling me all about it. But how did you get into Feeding Matters?
2: Yeah, everybody has their own story with how they found Feeding Matters, and hopefully we can make that a little bit easier for both families and professionals and other community members in the future. But I found Feeding Matters through a colleague that I went to college with. My background's in nonprofit management and healthcare innovation, and I was interested in what Feeding Matters was doing based on, and she worked there and she told me what we were doing and i just got hooked and the mission spoke to me and i just fell in love with the mission and that was over 7 years ago and i started as a our grant writer and i started managing volunteers and just kept growing with the organization as the organization grew
0: that's awesome always and, and, and you yeah and you're here okay and folks a lot of people don't realize this but um feeding matters is based out of arizona and so, which, I mean, when I think of like the world of pediatric feeding disorders, I think of honestly, California and New York, right? Because, or Boston, because of research. And when I found out that Feeding Matters was in Arizona, I was like, wait, what? That was so cool to me. And, but it's so hot. So, I mean, I, I know it's hot here in South Carolina, but like, that's a different heat. My hair oh, goes it's flat. so hot.
2: <laughs> We've just, we, we're over 40 days of 110 plus degrees out here. Um,
0: So, yeah, it's pretty hot out here. (laughs) Oh, my stars. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. And um, congratulations on your new appointment to um, the CEO. I know that you've been serving um, graciously as the interim for a while. So thank you. Okay. So um, we've got a lot of ground and um, a lot of beautiful tangents to go down. So uh, what is – Can you give me the purpose of Feeding Matters? And I know a little bit about the background, but how did it get started?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, the purpose of Feeding Matters is we partner with families and healthcare professionals to advance pediatric feeding disorder through accelerating identification, igniting research, and fostering collaborative care. So really looking at pediatric feeding disorder by putting it on the map through education, advocacy, research, and family support. And so we take that system approach with everything we do.
0: Yes. Um, folks, there's, there's a lot of different uh, professional organizations available to you to support you in your interprofessional practice growth as a uh, PFD champion, advocate, right? But what makes Feeding Matters different is that as part of one of their core factors is that they engage families. And if we think back to our evidence-based triangles, one of the corners of our triangles is patient and caregiver interactions, buy-ins, and history. And if we take that away, our triangle crumbles. So that's, that's why I go back to feeding matters all the time. Well,
2: thank you for saying that, Michelle. It's it's just a part of who we are. And you asked how we got started. It it was it was our founder Shannon Goldwater who had triplets, who were born. Oh my
1: god, triplets! I just
2: was yes, <laughs> and all over the country, really looking for the support that she needed to feed her kids. And you know, they had, as you can imagine, many different medical needs, but feeding was the biggest problem that that she was trying to overcome as a family and was not finding the support that she needed and realized how ev- everybody was kind of approaching this in a different way. And so, yes, our our roots are with families and it's a core value to us. It's a philosophy that we believe in and we uphold every single day. And it's I feel like especially with feeding, the families are the ones that do that every single day eating in every single mealtime. And so we, it's just so important to us to make sure we're partnering and we're really looking at this as a partner and that families have a seat at the table in terms literally. of planning, literally. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, there's, um, that's something that threw me when I left the world of clinic and I went to home health how families were involved in therapy. And then I started looking at, like, you know, the research behind early intervention and how it's supposed to be family-driven, family coaching. And, you know, if you ask the family to leave, then you don't know what it is. They don't know what you're working on, and you don't break bread with the child nine times out of ten. I mean, it's the family that sits at the table, and they have their cultural experiences and what they're bringing. And, yeah, yeah. It's just so important for Mm long-term outcomes. Okay. So you, you mentioned in there, um, um, the, the, the pillars of what it is that feeding matters does. Can you kind of explain how feeding matters reaches out and educates? Definitely. I'd love to. So we, launched
2: Pediatric Feeding Disorder Alliance in 2019. And this was a way for us to reach out to build an at-large membership to help walk beside us as we build the system of care and put pediatric feeding disorder on the map. And we do that through these four pillars. So our education pillar, which really encompasses the resources available on our website. Our International Pediatric Feeding Disorder Conference, which will be coming up in its second virtual conference next year, and Yay. then a so lot. I know we're so excited about it, and it's just weird how our world became virtual after we had already had this experience of doing a virtual conference.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I did the um, virtual conference. It was in January, right? It was the tail what? end of January, right. we, our and then world unraveled. Yes. And it was yes, literally before. Okay. But y'all have, and and so your conference, when y'all have the online conference, it's eligible for last year, it was ASHA CEUs, OTCEUs. Um, CMEs. And pardon? then
2: we are uh, the CMEs. So continuing yes. medical education. So we have uh, for physicians. Um, and that's, that's really a group that we'd really like to get to the conferences. We're really trying to reach out to that pediatrician population, that neonatology population, uh, to ensure that we're really representing all four domains, the medical, the feeding skill, the nutrition, and the psychosocial. Um, so we try to offer as much as possible, and anyone that we can't offer for continuing education, we offer a general certificate for
0: Yes. And, and there was a lot, I, cause I was, there was RDs, nurses, OTs, there were some PTs, a lot of family members. And we had, there was like six, 700 people in attendance in January, I think.
2: Yep. Over that we reached around 800, I believe. Wow. Wow! across 32 countries in all 50 states. So it's That's a amazing. huge impact, and it just shows how important and how necessary it is that we get this education out there, and that it be evidence based, collaborative, and really upholding the the philosophy that we have of that uh, approach.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So y'all have the the big annual conference, but then there's also um, I know that um, myself included, but other practitioners can upload work um, workshops. Um, because I've seen, um, I've seen Dr. K. Toomey, who I just really want to grow up and be. I've seen some of her um courses on there, and like, oh my god, she's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and I've known, I've known Dr. Toomey for so long, and she's been such a great advocate of, of Feeding Matters and just helped partner with a lot of our, our stuff, as well as so many other just experts, and I feel like celebrities in this, this world. Um, but yes, our workshop page is huge. And so if you are looking for continuing education, available on our website, we've got workshops hosted by Feeding Matters, which are available. But then you can also be opened up to this world of all of the workshops and conferences in the pediatric feeding disorder world, because we're not alone in this. And we want to partner with others to make sure we are providing the education that's needed for professionals and for families. And so that that workshop is an open source page, where if you have a workshop out there, I encourage you to also submit it to the website so others can find it.
0: Yep. And And what I love is that it's interprofessional practice. That's it's not just SLPS. I mean, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of us SLPS out there, but I, I love that it has the variety. Okay, so we've got we've got all the education, and then y'all send out. Um, I pretty I get some pretty frequent emails about upcoming events and um, uh, new research that's come out, and I love that. So y'all make sure that you check the the out for that. But my I think my favorite piece in this puzzle is your advocacy pillar because that's. I mean, advocate, I love, I should have been a lawyer. I wanted to be a lawyer, but then my, my dad was like, I'm not paying for law school. You're going to be a speech pathologist. (laughs) I'm like, fair. Also, I don't think I would have been a really good lawyer because I like to like, "Mm, people are unpleasant sometimes, but I digress. But talk to me about the advocacy piece.
2: Oh, sure. And that's really what we've learned over these last few years that we really have to put an emphasis on these next few years, is achieving our advocacy agenda. Because, you know, when I was first with Feeding Matters, I, I ran our Power of Two program, and we'll get to this a little bit later. But essentially, is what, when families need our support, they can call us, they can contact us on our website. And that was the program I ran. And it's really hard to take a call from a family when you know the system that they're going to face is going to let them down. And so, yes. and it's letting you down as a professional and we need to to be a part of the solution to fix that. And so that's why our advocacy agenda is so important.
0: Um, I, okay, so in your advocacy agenda, can I ask the question now about the diagnostic code or do I have to be patient until later on? <laughs>
2: No, that's fine. will we'll, we'll go into that. So, <laughs> I, I I feel like everybody is very excited about the 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 diagnostic code and that's, you know, that's our north star. So, you should be excited about it. So I'm glad you're asking the question. We were able to to partner and be present for the re proposal that was presented to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And they are the ones that that oversee what coding changes happen in the United States. And so that was actually a virtual meeting that happened in March. And that virtual meeting was a, a, it was a re-presentation of pediatric feeding disorder to be an ICD code.
0: And- wait, wait! Did you hear that, people? An actual ICD code for a pediatric feeding disorder. Huh. Okay, continue. Sorry, <laughs>
2: that's okay. It deserves the recognition that you're giving it. It really does. Yeah. It's such a. It will be such a huge moment, and so that that meeting happened. And then there's a public commentary period. And we partnered with AOTA, we partnered with ASHA and some other great national partners of ours to submit some letters in support of this becoming its own diagnostic code. So where we are right now, is I am cautiously optimistic that we will achieve this huge goal of getting a diagnostic code for for PFD. It's we we don't know for sure yet, but um, I'm cautiously optimistic that I can tell you soon that we'll get it.
0: Okay, so in within that framework, are there? Um, because I, I know when we had Dr. Toomey on a couple, like I think a year and a half ago, I'm still pinching myself that we got Dr. Oh, wow, Tumi on. that's awesome. and, yeah, And she was talking about ARFID and how SLPs cannot diagnose ARFID, that that's within the scope of practice of a psychologist, as such it should be. And, folks, if you are actively diagnosing ARFID and you are not a psychologist, please go back and listen to um, her evidence. But will there be a clear definition of what – of who can – diagnose a PFD and what makes an official PFD when, um, if, if if the stars align and this comes to fruition? Huzzah.
2: Yeah. So the definition that will be associated with the PFD diagnostic code will align with the PFD consensus paper. So pediatric feeding disorder, uh, consensus definition and conceptual framework available on the journal pediatric gastroenterology and Nutrition published in January 2019. It was a huge paper for us. It was facilitated by Feeding Matters. Uh, The lead author was Dr. Praveen Godet. And that really provides the diagnostic criteria in that paper. So that's available right now to you of what we're promoting as the definition and diagnostic criteria for pediatric feeding disorder. Uh, to answer your other question about who can make that diagnosis, that is still something that's yet to be seen. We'd like to get the diagnostic code first, and then we will be working uh, on chipping away at that advocacy agenda. So, really providing guidance on how to use that diagnosis, and working with insurance companies to associate it with treatment codes. So, there's definitely still more work that needs to be done once this code gets approved. But we're at least chipping away at that that big goal.
0: Oh, this is amazing! Oh my gosh, you're yes. Because when when I use the term PFD, I mean a year or two ago, if I said PFD, everybody looked at me like I had three heads. Um, And then, and now when I say, oh yeah, I specialize in PFDs, people are like, oh, so what else? What other amazing advocacy and outreach efforts are going on right now? That, as if it's not huge enough. I'm not belittling that at all. That's like literally going to change the world. But, you know, I take well, it, it's sorry. Really, I, I'm really
2: glad that I get to be on this with you and share this work because that's the hardest thing that we have is trying to figure out how do we communicate the the time that we're spending on our advocacy agenda. And that's the difficult thing with system change work. It takes years. It takes it, it just, it, it's a long-term vision, and we're working on it every day, but it's hard to communicate. We want to provide updates where we can, so we're always open to feedback about where we need to provide those updates, where we need to communicate, but um, it does take a while to achieve some of these goals, but we're so glad that we've been able to see the consensus paper come to fruition. Hopefully, this diagnostic code come to fruition, and then this summer, we were able to get some more good news in regards to our infant and child feeding questionnaire which was one of the first projects that Feeding Matters took on in 2009 um, and really looked at, uh, you know, we've got experts across the country that gathered together who may have had different uh, approaches to treatment, but who could all agree on one thing. And that was, we're not seeing these kids early enough. We need to be doing better to see them earlier. And so from that conversation came the Infant and Child Feeding Questionnaire, which it was an engagement tool for families. It offered a series of anticipatory guidance about what meal times should look like dependent on age. And that questionnaire then led to researchers saying, you know, this could be a screening tool that we could use at well child visits to really identify when a child needs to be looked at for a further evaluation around feeding. And uh, as I'm sure so many of you and your listeners know, it's just not as much of a focus. It's a conversation that happens. um, But because there's not too much research and it's not woven into the, the system and how we're screening infants and children, that we need to be doing some research to make sure we can represent some of that screening. And so this summer, we had our publication of our second phase of research. For the validation of our infant and child feeding questionnaire, showing a really high sensitivity and specificity for identifying pediatric feeding disorder with six questions. And it's just huge. And so we're continuing on with that research. But that publication, we're leveraging to really do outreach to early intervention programs to different pediatric offices to say, this, these six questions show value in in screening infants and children, and so please partner with us to help work through a screening and and getting the the early identification of pediatric feeding disorder figured out.
0: Yes, okay. So, so I just recently slowed down my private practice, right? Um, because I took on a position as a clinic coordinator at a rural university. And we're setting up the very first pediatric feeding clinic at a university level in all of South Carolina. So this is, this is huge. And last month, I misspoke. my time, it's been, it's been a steep onboarding. Right. So, um, in, um, in June when I came on and I had to create flyers and go out and talk about it, I went to a very large pediatrician's office and I was like, I treat, uh, my specialty is um, evaluation and treatment of PFDs. And nurses looked at me like I had three heads and the pediatrician's eyebrow shut up. And he said, say that one more time. And so I told them what it is that I do. And um, sure enough, they have started sending me referrals. And already, and, you know, we weren't seeing patients until, you know, this fall semester started. But one of the moms, one of the moms that has come has told me, and the way she explained it is something that y'all, this is your PMH. This is the story that your parents are going to tell you. They kept telling me my daughter was fine. Because she was on the growth curve. But but they, she was like, just because she is on her growth curve and on her, quote unquote, like, scales, they didn't think that she had a PFD. And she <laughs> does. Clearly, there's multiple layers here. But, y'all, this... This questionnaire, when you get it out there and when pediatricians across the country start picking it up, it will catch on fire just like the ASD screeners are now on the uptick in everybody when you go in with your tiny human for those well visits. That's where we're going to cast a very, very wide and accurate net. So... Um, I do recommend y'all have a lot of these materials available for free on your website, correct? We do.
2: And that's what I was going to say to follow up with what you were sharing is one of the biggest things that we heard out of our conference and each year at our conference is your opportunity to tell us what you need from us to support you because you're out there on the front lines. And so what we heard loud and clear was you need resources. You need resources to talk to pediatricians. You need resources to help in your local community advocate for pediatric feeding disorder. And so, yes, we have a rat card that has these six questions. And we have so many other resources about PFD that you can leverage and you can share with your community. It's available on our website. We also send it out through email every once in a while. So you're, you're able to, to just be aware of the different resources that we have.
0: Yes. And, and this is, this is how, I mean, y'all out there that own your own private practice, you went knocking on doors, you passed out your business cards when you first started your business. This is how you, this is how you take it to the next step and, Mm -hmm. and grow our PFD community. Okay. I feel very strongly about that. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for making this tool for us. So oh, to all the researchers welcome. behind the it's, scenes. Yeah, it's
2: a team approach to this. And that's what we believe in is a team approach and partnering. And that's why this is here.
0: Yes, thank you. Okay, so we've covered, (laughs) I'm looking at the clock. Um, We've covered education and advocacy, and we have a lot more questions and two more pillars. (laughs) So, um, okay, so, well, the research pillar kind of overlaps here with the advocacy pillar because we talked a little bit about the infant child family questionnaire screener, but um, what talked to us about the research one? Sure. Research.
2: And I'll I'll just highlight one research project that we had a, a small piece in that's huge for advocacy efforts. And it just shows how those two interplay. And so yes, the questionnaire falls in our advocacy, falls in our research, and this project does too. But essentially for years now, we've been saying, you know, we see in the literature, there's certain number of children have PFD. And when people ask us how many children struggle with this, we have a hard time because there's not updated literature in the sense that, and because there's not a diagnostic code, we can't pull this. But recently published is prevalence, a true prevalence number for who struggles with PFD. And it's more than one in 37 children every year. And that is a huge, staggering number and something that we need to shout from the rooftops. And so that's a research project we were a part of. Um, and it's an Wait. advocacy effort that will bring outreach to one in thirty-seven children. And it's more than that because the way you you and we can I can share the the paper later and, it, and we will be publishing and and promoting it a lot. But yeah, it's more than one in thirty-seven children. Which, when you look at childhood conditions, we should be talking about PFD way more. Yes,
0: I mean, I mean, yes. Yeah, oh, it's I know just that. Weird. I think it was Dr. Toomey shared that it was one in 89 to 93% of children that have um, special needs will have a pediatric feeding and swallowing disorder. And then it, I mean, it was just concomitant with an ASD diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So that's, and really when we look at research, we, we've, kind of dipped our toe in small grants and providing those or really trying to ignite research at our conference through our lightning sessions and posters. Um, But it really is looking at what research needs to happen so that we can reach our advocacy agenda and build that system of care and put PFD on the map. And this is one (laughs) of those projects that's huge.
0: I have a few ideas for research. I have no capabilities to do it. I am literally out of time, but um, I have have a couple of ideas. I may phone a friend. I will phone you later, dear. (laughs) Okay. All right. So then the last pillar and the one that's key, the one that makes feeding matter stand out from all the rest is the family support. So can you talk to me about that pillar?
2: Yes. And this is, the core to who we are is families and making sure we are there to support families we have our website for families to provide resources and different information and we're trying to grow that every day and then we have our power of two coaching program so many times families will say you know i got advice from my my parents and i'm getting advice from my friends that i just need to do this to feed them or i need to just let them babysit and they'll get them to eat. And you just, no one understand it, understands it unless you've been there and you've walked that journey. And that's what this program provides. It provides you someone who has been there ahead of you who can say, I'm going to walk this journey with you and I'm going to help you navigate it.
0: Yes. Um, and folks, one of their family supports the Power of Two program that she talked about Um. Uh, they, they. I'm trying not to get teary-eyed. One of my special babies' mommies volunteered of her time, mm-hmm. and she's a family mentor, and so she's supporting another family in their walk. And the beautiful thing is, it's actually bringing peace to her journey, mm-hmm. and that's really. I love the healing that it offers both sides. Healing and, is
2: the right term for sure. That's yes. So, that's so amazing.
0: Yes. And so, um, yes. And um, I have another dear friend that uh, I know and um, uh, I've never met in person. <laughs> um, my sweet friend from Alabama, who I know is listening. Um, she was the recipient of one of y'all's financial assistance for her little guy. And got on the diagnosis, finally got to a specialist, um, got diagnosed with EOE, and um, shared um, just a couple weeks ago that he went from not being able to eat anything a year and a half ago to he is now crushing gluten-free. I'm sorry. It's rice pancakes. He was eating rice pancakes, and they looked amazing. She's a really good cook. But
1: it was because – yeah, that's huge that's, yes, that's
2: huge. definitely something to celebrate that's huge
0: yes I mean to go from nonstop emesis and in g-tubes and g-tubes to you know drinking our own formula and having a diagnosis and their body healing to now wow. crushing rice pancakes like fuck on which about self little guy but mm-hmm. that it was the it was the scholarship that they that they were awarded from Feeding Matters that allowed them to get to a place of best practice that understood what was going on to actually do an EOE assessment. And yes. So, wow. um, yeah, I mean, you guys have, y'all have changed stars for people in my immediate little world. And I'm, yeah. So. I
2: love hearing those stories. That is, I think, the, most rewarding part about this job is understanding the impact that feeding matters can have right now and in the future and wow oh, that's so cool thank you for sharing that michelle
0: oh you're you're welcome it's um <laughs> I told you I love y'all. <laughs> uh, also, that woman owes me rice pancakes and some wine. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. So, um, y'all get to toot. Let's toot your horn. So, and and we've tooted it along the way. But um, I mean, how? When I think when I first joined, there was just a handful of volunteers. So, like, how much have we grown in the last several years? That's something I've always wondered.
2: Yeah, and we should do a better job telling that story, because it is, it's insane how much we've grown. Even just, um, I ran the 2015 conference. And that was when we thought we were just an Arizona organization. And we had people in 2015 coming from out of town to this conference. And that was, I think, our our first revelation of saying, oh, wait, you know, we're serving the community at large. and, And that means we need to focus nationally. And now to see people from other countries joining us too is just incredible. So we've come a long way in, you know, in the 13, 14 years of existence. Um, I think some of our biggest accomplishments include the infant and child feeding questioner that we talked about, our international PFD conference, which I encourage so many people, whether you're a family member or a professional, to get involved with. Um, and then our PFD consensus paper. Is the foundation that we are building our entire advocacy agenda to build a system of care for children with PFD on. It's, it's huge and it took many years to, to, to build, but it's just our foundation. And, and we're enabled, uh, it enabled us to make the case for pediatric feeding disorder, for people to pay attention to pediatric feeding disorder, for us to say PFD is a real thing. You need to pay attention, it's not just a
0: symptom. It's not, (laughs) my favorite is, it's all behaviors. They're just fussy. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, the behaviors are telling you something. You Mm -hmm. have to, they've had it. You have a behavior caused by a negative sensory experience. And the negative sensory experience is directly correlated to the original etiology. And you're going to have the behaviors as long as you have the sensory experience. And you will have the sensory experience as long as you have the original etiology. So exactly. y'all, you have, you have to chase the swallow backwards. Yep. Yes. They're trying to okay. tell you something. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what I love is that the authors of that PFD consensus paper, I don't remember the names, but the disciplines are what What just, I was in awe of. You had GI on there. You had like mm-hmm. GI. Mental
2: pediatrician.
0: Yes. GI. We did,
2: we really tried to be representative of what we preach, all four domains. Medical and the different disciplines that are associated with medical, feeding skill in the same there, nutrition and psychosocial. It That that was very important to us. And then also to represent families. And that's why our founder and our previous CEO were such a huge part of that paper too.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: How old are her babies now? They are actually in their last year of high school. They're 18
0: our oh founder, Shannon
2: Water. Mm-hmm. So it's uh that's just a, a, that's a huge moment in terms mm-hmm. of being a fierce advocate for your children and then being a fierce advocate for all children with PFD and everywhere that feeding matters has come to.
0: But I mean, that's a mama bear that took a fight on and changed the world. She did change the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and
2: that's her legacy, and that's what we try to celebrate every single milestone that we hit is, you know,
0: she took this from nothing and built this. So my um, we, okay, before we get into the next little ditty, when yep. is are the call for papers still open? Because today is September 29th. So are the call for papers open, or have they closed already? They have closed already, but we encourage
2: people to keep thinking about how they do ever want to present at the conference. Um, right now, the conference committee is reviewing abstracts. I think we had our largest submission this time, which is super exciting.
1: Wow. And
2: yeah, it just, it grows every single year. So that that's really great in and of itself. But um, they have closed. The conference committee is reviewing. We're hoping to share this agenda with the community soon um but yeah i would just stay tuned
0: okay so when when are the dates so that people can go ahead and start like getting this on their calendar do we have the dates for the next conference we
2: do it's the end of april
0: okay april 2021 so april, like 6
2: 2021 away. we shifted it typically our conference is held in january um but because of covid and really trying to be respectful of what what's needed um from all of you clinicians that are out there on the front lines, we wanted to give that space. And so it's the end of April. I would stay tuned. There's emails coming out to get you to save the date on the specifics and when registration will open and all of that.
0: I, I have to admit, I really did like last year, and I don't know if y'all are going to do it again this year. But I love that we were able to attend some of the sessions live and then have the 30 day pass to Oh, like, you like that? I loved so great that. To hear. Yes, because I mean, it's, there's two, there's too many great ones running concurrently. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So folks, the one that just occurred in January, um, they had two sessions. It was two sessions at a time, right? I think it was two sessions at a time for two days. Yes, Um, And also I go into information overload because it's, to try to sit and absorb and then process all that information at once. So, having the 30 day pass gave me time to like do two or three on a day and then come back um, a couple of days later when I could process new info. That's so, that's a great um,
2: point. I've never thought about it like that. It is. Yep. You, you do need that chance to process and sit yep. with it.
0: Yes. And because it, it and what was neat to me was the ones that I thought I was going to go directly to. like, Because I am the nerdy, fabulous girl that printed everything out and color-coded and highlighted and have my own little notebook specific <laughs> for the CU weekend. <laughs> like, I love but, that. Yes, but like it made me – do you remember the Lisa Frank three-ring binders from when oh we were gosh, kids? Oh, my gosh. Totally. Yes, right? Yeah, that's yes. – <laughs> RJ does not have Lisa Frank, but they got some really funny sparkly ones. But um, we should bring Lisa Frank back. bless mm-hmm. Um But the topics after I would process one and then go to the next, it was really it, – it, I kind of shifted. So I, I did enjoy that. And I loved the breakout little poster sessions and the little virtual town hall where you could go and meet people. That was very cool. Okay, so if someone wants to sponsor, who do they reach out to? Like say somebody wants to sponsor or support – the conference. What do, who do they go to? I
2: would encourage them to reach out to us and they can reach out at info at feedingmatters.org and or they can reach out to any one of the different staff members that are on there. And then we also have on the Feeding Matters website, we have a specific area for our sponsors. So if I just want to make sure that if anyone is interested in supporting the conference, that they can reach out to us kind of in any number of different ways. Because it is important that we are able to bring this conference to the community to ensure that we get that evidence-based practice that that families are at the table.
0: Yes, yes. So, all right, so my next question is, um, if somebody wants to volunteer, how can they decide where to volunteer and who do they reach out to?
2: Yes, there are. When you mentioned Jennifer at the beginning of this, she is our senior program manager. She oversees our volunteer program and she also is our genius behind our conference. So that is the person that you would be reaching out to. And um, she is amazing. (laughs) That's very true. She's amazing. Um, And what we really try to do is we try to offer the community many opportunities to get involved and kind of like a choose your own adventure you know we're all busy with different things (laughs) you have like you have you, you know some some people have more hours to give than others and that also shifts between the months and so we really try to offer that and so there's so many things that you can do even without signing up to be a volunteer we really encourage everyone to do two things to sign up to be a PFD Alliance member so you can participate and your voice can be heard and you share feedback with us. And PFD Alliance member or not, please share your feedback with us. It's really important to us that we're meeting your needs as a professional, as a family member, or even just if you're passionate about PFD. So that's really important to us. And then being a brand advocate, you can help, like, share things on our social media and get the word out about PFD. We talked about sharing our resources with pediatricians or any number of different people in your local community. That's something huge that we need. And and Michelle, I know you're you're someone who does that for us. And so we are so appreciative of that because you know, we're a small team and we're headquartered in Arizona. We really serve nationally and internationally, and we can't be
0: everywhere at once. And I feel... I have I have preached all for so long because I love what you do. And it's really cool to me to be on this side of things. And my students that I have had for um, their external clinical practicums with me through the years, it, it's neat to see them volunteering and giving oh, back. Yeah. Um, and I know Erin, she co-hosts First Bite with me. Uh, her and her co-worker, um, Brianna Millick, they just um, worked with, I think, uh, Jen and with, and forgive me, I cannot remember the OT's name. Tyler. Tyler. Pardon? Tyler. Our Tyler. Director. Tyler with a C. Yep. Yeah. Oh, Kyler. Yes. yes, yes. And, and they just created um, uh, a great pamphlet. To like hand out to physicians and it's one, it's cute. I appreciate the aesthetics of their design, but it's just a cute little thing to have in the um, office that does a great way of explaining what a PFD is, but it's not it's not overwhelmingly technical. So, you know, if a mom's standing there at the counter, checking her child in, there it is. And it's something pretty, so you're going to want to pick it up. And I love, and this is important to me, um, it had uh, cultural cultural competencies embedded Mm. within it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that,
2: I mean, that's a perfect way of sharing the different types of volunteer projects that we have. You know they've helped build these graphics for us, and there's I, they've done others besides that, and it's um it's in, amazing for what we need for getting that resource those resources out for PFD, and that's why it's kind of your own adventure. They were able to connect with Jen, share their roles, and Jen shares projects with our volunteers. And as a volunteer, you can choose: is that a project I would like to do, um, and it, do I have the time to do that?
0: Yes. And, and, uh, you know, I found out about y'all because, um, oh my goodness, Patty Menacucci. And what is the other woman's name from, from Virginia? Her name just slipped out of my head. She's going to skin me. Um, Carol? Just, pardon? Carol Elliott? No, no. Oh, my I can see her face. She's super petite, has killer cheekbones. Um, Patty and her own a business together. Oh, my Oh, my gosh.
2: Goodness. This is going to no, know. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. This is going to kill me. Ah. Oh,
0: gosh. Oh my stars! And I saw them speak, and they came on. They came on my podcast. I this is Anomia at middle age. This is this is bad here. Um, but they came on, and that was their that was their volunteer activity was that they presented. Oh, feeding they were one of ma- our
2: community ambassadors then.
0: Yes yes, 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 they presented at um about feeding matters at their state convention, yes. and well, I, I thought that, that. was. Yes, and I thought that was so cool. What a way to give back. So Jen and I were troubleshooting a couple months ago and I was like, you know what we need is we need people to present on this at different conferences. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if you're listening and I mean, come on, we're all speech pathologists for the most part, right? Like we have a big mouth. We don't mind standing up in front of a crowd of people and babbling. But if you have the time and the talent to have public speaking, I have social anxiety. Y'all wouldn't know it, but I do, and I do. It's really, really bad. Oh, I that's always so look. Funny to hear. Oh my god, it's horrible. I will pee like four times before I go talk. I may or may not throw up. I get that nervous, and then I have to hold a coffee cup because my whole hand will shake. But if I hold a cup that's weighted, it balances my essential tremor. Well, you you've got your coping tools, and that's what we all need. Yeah, that's why I'm a sensory seeker. It's all good. <laughs> but, like, um, but you can sign up and present at, but don't just think about your own state speech conference. Look at the state pediatricians conference. Look at the, um, the allergy and immunology associations within your state because this would be a great opportunity to reach out to them.
2: Yep. And use us if you are interested in submitting an abstract to a state association, whether it's any different discipline, we can help you if you are interested in presenting some PFD information.
0: Because that's, and oh, and you guys give me goodie bags. I have magnets. I have stickers. I have pens, pencils, and like a boatload of pamphlets. And um, I've, I've given them out literally all over this country when I go somewhere. Well, so we like to um, think of
2: ourselves as a family. And so you're kind of in the Feeding Matters family, and we don't really let anyone go. Once you're part of our community, <laughs> we hope you, we, you remain a part of our community
0: you stuck with us. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my God. Uh, you know, but I, I always say that I feel like we're on the island, right? And it's true. Pediatric feeding disorders is a tiny island. But you know what? We're, we're growing and it's wonderful. Jen Ruckner, that's who it is. That's Jen exactly Rutner right. and Patty. Yes. I was going like, to have
2: to look it up after this and, and reach out to you. Just want to make sure she gets the recognition she deserves.
0: <laughs> Jen, would Jen? I apologize. My anomia. Thank you, friend. <laughs> oh, okay. So so what, what else do we not know? I mean, Y'all have done so much. I know y'all had a major website overhaul, which was like, uh, amazing. Um, oh, that's but- great. Thank you. We're doing a phase two as well. So hopefully it gets
2: better. So please let us know if you've got uh, ideas for it. Anyone out there.
0: But it's, it, um, I would love it when when the world calms down, I would love for y'all to come to ASHA. Yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. that I think that would be amazing. So that's on my dream list. So I will I will volunteer at the ASHA booth for y'all and then like randomly grab people from the aisles and make them sign up to volunteer. Oh, that's,
2: <laughs> what we, that's what we've done before. So we always have to be very selective about which booths we go to. But we have done ASHA in the past. We've done AOTA. This year we're doing AAP virtually. Um, so it's definitely on our list. So that's, that's an easy thing that can happen. Michelle we will make sure you get on that booth registry for volunteering.
0: Yes. I, I call the one in DC. It's in DC next year. And that's really close to my family. So I can go out and spend a weekend with my kid and volunteer. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay. So all right. What else, what else do we need to know?
2: I think it's just important for your listeners just to know that we're here. We're here for your you as a community. We want to provide you with the information that you need, the resources that you need. And we want this to be a, a communicative relationship. Like we want to know what you need and we want to be there for you. So we just encourage you to reach out to, to be a part of this, this work that we're doing, you know, it's going to take all of us in order to make something happen.
0: Yes. Okay, folks, you can find them at feedingmatters.org. They also have a Facebook page, an Instagram account. They're on LinkedIn. The, the Twitter bird, as my kid sister says. Um, no, she to- I call it the Twitter bird because I didn't realize it was actually called Twitter. Um, and um, wait, you have a YouTube page? We do, and that's really
2: important to go to, too, because we have videos there that you can use in trainings, or you can use for yourself, or that families can view, um, and hopefully we can get some more videos on, on there as the years come by, too.
0: I had no idea that that was even on there. Oh, that's oh, wonderful. That, well, that's, see, and that's the point, is we just need to share more
2: about what we're doing.
0: Yes. Well, um, and... <laughs> And I can' say the Instagram account is one of is one of my favorites. I love all the little posts that you you do show so um, why well, we
2: would... people tag us and that's that just makes our day too And especially when you were at the conference and I'm sure you saw or participated in, Everyone sharing how they were attending in their jammies. <laughs> yes.
0: There was definitely a picture with dog curled up around the bottom of the laptop because she does she's an honorary speech pathologist, and if she was more user-friendly, she'd be a therapy dog. But dog doesn't like humans, so poor dog. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um Jacqueline, thank you. Thank you so much. Um Y'all are just doing phenomenal work, and on behalf of everybody, just practitioners, recipients, and and thank you. So, um, and to the team. So, um, if I had all team, yes, if I could bake enough goods and then ship it to all of y'all, I would. But, um, you know, COVID. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're all living this new world. (laughs) Yes. So, so virtual. Um, I make the most amazing. Double chocolate mint cookies with crumpled Andy mints on grasshopper icing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'll take a picture next time I bake them and send them to you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, hold on one moment. I'm going to switch this over to um, questions really quick. Okay. Sounds great. Feeding Matters guides system-wide changes by uniting caregivers, professionals, and community partners under the Pediatric Feeding Disorder Alliance.